There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, neither do I. Hello and welcome to the Power Chord Hour podcast, episode 51. How are you doing out there? Thank you so much for checking out another episode. And as always, I'm your host, Anthony Merchant, here with you. And uh, hopefully you've been enjoying the few episodes of the new year. Hopefully your new year is uh, going well so far. You know, it's uh, it's no longer 2020, but at the same time, it's like, you know, nothing uh, magically disappeared. We're still going through the shit, but, you know, new year. And uh, hopefully, hopefully it's going well so far, you know, and uh, hopefully there's a light at the end of the tunnel later on in here. And uh, I don't know, in a weird way, I hope it doesn't go by. That's kind of weird to say, because I guess it's better that last year didn't like drag on. But like still, there's a part of me, it's like, I hope the year doesn't fly by too fast, because even though last year was like, you know, kind of lost on us in a lot of ways from, you know, just with with the pandemic and everything. It still just went by so fast that, like, even just doing things, even, like, doing this show, like, it would be like, oh, I should get, you know, I should hit up so-and-so because their album's coming out soon. And it's like, you know, if I would forget to hit someone up to come be a guest or something, like, all of a sudden I look and it's like, oh, that album got released, like, a month ago, you know? Like, I just feel like time was, like, slipping by very fast. Hopefully this year slows down a little and hopefully COVID goes the fuck away. Just one day we all wake up. And where it, it just it reared its ugly ass face somewhere else off planet Earth, and uh, we can get back to normal. But uh, until then, you have this podcast to uh, you know, I guess, kind of think of think of something you know to get your mind off of all the shitty things in the world. I'm here to bring your mind to shitty music opinions. So you know, a topic that's still shitty, much like the coronavirus, but it's a different thing. You know, um, no one's dying. Because uh, they their uh, favorite uh, Alkaline Trio record isn't the one that most people would would uh, say is their best. So you know this is uh, part two of uh, shitty music opinions with my buddy Kyle Steven uh, and Zach Gorsheski, both uh, both in Illinois in different parts. Uh, Kyle Kyle, I forget exactly where he's at, but like a suburb of Chicago. And uh, then Zach is uh, in Springfield, Illinois. And uh, I've been to Zach's place before. He is like a half mile. Not, no, not even a half mile. He's like four blocks off of uh, Route 66, which is a fun fact. Only for me because, uh, and I guess if you're a Route 66 fan and you're listening to this, because I don't think he knew nor did he give a shit when I even was like, oh, dude, like you live on Route 66. And the whole, the whole time uh, – the only time we really got to hang out in person, he's just like Kyle. Where I mean, we've been buddies for years uh, online, but uh, you know, last like year or two, you know, really talking on the phone and uh, you know, just kind of being more, you know, bringing our friendship, uh, you know, closer than just talking online, I guess, you know, or like like you know, more than just social media buddies or whatever. But anyway, uh, yeah, stop, stop there while traveling Route sixty six. And I got a kick out of it. And, and I don't I don't think he but that that's the thing though. Like I live here here's the thing with that, and then we'll get into this episode, but like a lot of times, like I like I'll be traveling somewhere and you get in your head, you'll get somewhere and you'll be like, Oh my god, like I can't imagine living here and like seeing this every day, you know, whether it's 
I mean, maybe you live in the Dakotas and you live near the Badlands or, you know, I mean, in Utah, there's so many places that are just, you know, canyons and these, you know, or mountains around you and stuff. There's always different places and whatever it is or down in Arizona, you know, and you have like the Grand Canyon or the Petrified Forest, you know, but like like whatever it is, you you travel somewhere and you kind of go like, oh, my God, like I can't imagine if I lived here and I saw this every day. But the thing is, is when you live in that place. You really, after a while, it just kind of becomes a thing. And uh, what I, I, I never thought of that for a long time. And at some point it clicked with me with Niagara Falls because I live here in western New York. Uh, and when I say New York, a lot of people think New York City. I'm like seven, eight hours away from New York City. I, I can be in Pennsylvania in like 10 minutes. So, yeah, I'm, I'm in a different part. I'm in a different part of the uh, state. But anyway... Uh, but I live like from the American side of Niagara Falls, I live like an hour and 40 minutes away, you know, in the Canadian side, like two hours away. And like, you know, that that's a thing that people go out of their way to go see. And it's like, you know, I mean, it's just such a big it's a landmark, you know, it's a, it's a, maybe it's not a landmark. I don't know if that's, <laughs> I don't know. If Niagara Falls is considered a landmark, but I think, you know what I'm talking about. And it's like, yes, that's there. And I mean, I, I could drive there once a week and see Niagara Falls if I wanted to. But just like anything else, just like if you live four blocks from the Space Needle in Seattle, after a while, it's just kind of a thing. You know, I mean, the Space Needle is about as, uh, you know, I'm sure precious or special to you as a McDonald's. It's across the street, at, you know, from the Space Needle. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things. So, like, like in Zach's uh, defense there, when I, when I was, like, kind of going through, like, Route 66 and, like, realizing he didn't really give a shit that he lived in, uh, you know, in a, in a on a section of Route 66, uh, you know, I, I guess you just kind of do that no matter, no matter where you're at, uh, you know. Lucille Ball, also, where I'm from here, Jamestown, New York, uh, birthplace of Lucille Ball and still while very cool um you know it's not like you you spend every waking moment you know like thinking of Lucy or going and seeing Lucy landmarks or like going to the museum and seeing the props and you know like things like that like I mean yeah they're cool you know you get a kick out of it but it's like when you live somewhere you, you eventually you just don't give a shit about that stuff you start taking it for granted but uh yeah whatever that is that is my uh, little diatribe here in the beginning. But uh, I did just want to say as well, before we get into this episode, and then I'll shut the hell up. You can hear me, Zach, and Kyle uh, just talk about our terrible, terrible music opinions more. Uh, this, this is just so much fun. I love having these guys on, just three buddies talking music. But uh, I did just want to tell you real quick, this, this is our last podcast for a couple weeks. I'm going to be doing a little winter break here and uh, just taking the next couple weeks off. But uh, we'll be back. Don't worry. It will be pretty short-lived. I mean, we'll be back in uh, February here with new episodes. So, I mean, really just the next couple weeks. But uh, no new uh, podcast or radio show. I'm sure I'll be bullshitting on our uh, social media. So, don't forget, at Power Court Hour for uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. That can be your fill of Power Court Hour here for the next uh, few weeks. But I did just want to tell you that before we go in. So, like, you're not looking here the next few weeks going, like, where the hell's the show? Like, did did he just stop doing the show? You know, because I, I, I'm fairly good. I mean, we take breaks here and there, but normally like a week at a time. So, you know, I, I wanted to make sure not just leave people hanging, like, where's the show this week so uh yeah so this will be the last one for a couple weeks and i'll be back from winter break better than ever and uh, we'll keep it going here and uh you know and and gotta get some uh you know we're, we're at the we're at the beginning of a year again 
Though, you know, it's probably going to be different this year because the beginning of the year is normally for music are kind of slow, but with, you know, everything still going on, it may be different this year. We may actually be getting a lot of music, uh, including from bands who, you know, there, there were people at like the beginning of this last year in like March, like a year ago who didn't want to release music during a pandemic because they're like, well, I don't know. It seems like it won't take attention or, you know, it won't get attention or whatever. But now a year later, they're probably like, well, we better like just fucking release this. So we may get that. Who knows? But uh, anyway, here is Unpopular Music Opinions Part 2 with uh, Kyle Stevens, Zach Gorsheski, and your dude here, Anthony Merchant. Uh, enjoy it. Here it is on the Power Code Hour podcast. How about you? I guess we should probably go with you next, uh, Kyle. You want to bring up one of yours? Uh, let's see here. I don't know if I should attack a band or go after something in music in general again. Um, Ooh. you know what? Uh, I'll say this because we, I, I kind of referenced it off the air when like we were first talking about this, you and I, after the boxcar racer episode, um, I asked you just what you thought of a particular band. If you remember who it was. No, I don't. Um, then perfect. Because, this is going to be great for me because I don't have a lot to say about them because I'm not a master of their discography. I've heard like their hits and I don't think there's any appeal to them whatsoever. Say anything blows. Oh, I do remember you bringing them up. Yeah. yeah you know but what? I didn't say my opinion. I just brought up the name. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we were talking about it. Cause Max Bemis fucking blocked me on Twitter like eight years ago. And I still don't know why I, yeah. I agree after the first two records. Uh, is I real... say great lyrics, bad music. You know what? That's it's not, old. you know what? That's not no, a bad amazing one either. Lyrics. He's an amazing lyricist. He is a good, he is a good a lyricist. horrible musician. Amazing lyricist. Horrible musician. Well, the thing with the musician thing, though, too, I would say is he just does stupid shit on the later stuff. Like, doing an album with zero guitars is just stupid. Like, why would you do, like... We're doing this. Pro- I didn't we're even doing. That. Yeah, we're doing this thing. Like it's trying to be this avant-garde, or like he like would quote like Kanye West is like influence on it. It's like, but you're a rock band. Like yeah, like yes, you can do it. Like you can replace the guitar with synth, but it doesn't mean you should. It sounds like shit. Like you know, like some of the stuff he he just started trading in, trying to be artsy and different instead of making good songs you know what i mean it's like just being you different can do both, to be different. yeah you can but he wasn't doing both like is he explore art and still make better music yeah sure but he wasn't but like yeah like is a real boy is a great fucking record in defense of the genre is an okay record say anything the self-titled the next one is there's like half of it's okay and then after that it's yeah, like well, it's just hey everyone's a decent song yeah, like the first half of that record's good, and then the, the other half I don't even remember. I don't remember anything after like track seven. It's very forgettable. But before yeah, no, that, like, it's good. And even some of the early like pop punk shit, like the pre is a real boy. There's even some good shit scattered through there. But overall, I agree with you. I think it's very overrated. And Max Bemis as an artist overall is extremely fucking overrated. Yeah, like when Say Anything like blew up, with is a real boy and that fucking uh, it's uh, it's their biggest song i don't know what it is wow i can get sexual too too. that fucking song (laughs) i heard that song and i immediately was like why do people like this there's nothing good 
Like there's no good melodies. There's no good hooks. Like the music is plain. The lyrics sound so uninspired. I and, still like, like that song. I love that I song, man. I still I fuck with that song. I'll still listen it's to it. It's hilarious, dude. It's great. I'll blast that yeah. shit hard, too. It's really not. <laughs> like, and it has a melody, bro. I called her on the phone and she touched I, your mom. Yeah, I guess that's a melody. Um, See, I like it because like, it showcases, I think, what I like. Actually, what I thought Say Anything was good at is it's like, it's a raunchy kind of edgy song, but not so far that it's cheesy. Like it's this yeah. really sarcastic, it's a sarcastic song. It's very like, it kind of yeah. really does highlight most of the things that made that whole record really good, which is funny. Cause it's actually a bonus track. That song's not even originally on that album. It came out on a re-release. That's huh. not originally on it. It's on a bonus disc. That's wild. Yeah, the original pressing of that didn't have that song at all. Um, it's kind of like with Finch with What It Is to Burn. Like, that song was originally a bonus track. It's not really yeah. a title. It's not actually a, like, fucking studio track on that album. It's just a bonus song. And I, yeah. I would want to say this, not, tell, like, saying, like, what my other opinions are on other things that I have on my list, but a lot of, like, the band ones, I don't have a lot of experience on portions of their discography because I just stopped liking it because it just didn't sound good in my ears. I can, I can, I can get that. Like, why would you, like, like, why would you keep paying attention? Yeah. Why would I put myself through something if I, if I don't like what I've heard? Um, So to say anything, when I heard that song, I was just like, there's nothing appealing about it to me. So people would try to play me other songs and there was nothing there for me. So like, I couldn't tell you names of songs or lyrics or anything like that yeah, yeah, because yeah. none of it sounded good enough for me to quote unquote good enough. It just didn't sound good to me for me to remember it. Yeah. And just to skim past this one really quick, cause I want to get it out. Um, when it comes to like bands that I do listen to that I stopped listening to cause I thought they started sucking <laughs> like everything that brand new put after Dejan Tendu is super forgettable. I completely agree. Yeah. And like most people, at least in my area love, you know, the devil and God raging and Daisy. They yeah. Love it's those shitty records. indie Still? rock. It's really shitty fucking music. People still and like that in your area. Like people oh, still support those. Those are like the brand new records. Out brand new is mean, a I, weird I band. Your favorite weapon, dude. But like, I don't support. Dude, Jesse they're a Lacey weird band because they're canceled. I don't listen to brand new. Yeah, they're, I don't listen to brand new. Well, no, I, because of that reason. That's fucked up. Yeah, I don't. No, I get. I, I get that. I, I'm agreeing with you, but I'm saying they're a yeah. weird band because they're canceled, but at the same time. A lot of people still openly. It's very weird. A lot of if people openly listen to, listen to When I listen to your favorite weapon, I don't listen to it on Spotify because I don't want people knowing I'm listening to it. I like listen to it on YouTube because I'm like ashamed of it. Yeah, but people still post like shit on Instagram. Like if you go look up the hashtag, like people are still like listening and posting lyrics and shit. Like it's the weirdest thing because they're canceled, but they're not canceled. And I'm with like I don't play yeah. them on I don't play them on the radio show anymore. I stopped playing. I'm like I'm not I'm yeah. not disagreeing with you, but I'm saying there's people who still like listen to them and support them and shit. It's very I, odd. I know. 
at least in my area and like my circle of like punk rock, pop punk, emo kids or whatever that I'm associated with. Um, I don't know if they still listen and listen to them outwardly or post about them. But at that time, like when devil and God and Daisy came out, those were like peak brand new, like records for those people where I would be like, Oh man, your favorite weapon. And even Deshaun Tendu, they're better stuff. And they're like, no, that was like terrible back then. Like that was corny. I'm like, no, like, like to me, your favorite weapon was like perfect at the time. Um, like Daisy and your like Devil and God got really boring and uninspired, and it took the boring parts of Dejan Tendu, and then they like amplified it to ten. Like yes. they just made more boring songs, and so I don't know if those people are still listening to those songs. Like I don't see them posting about it, but that was like when those were out, everyone was talking about it for the longest time. But with say anything, it's just a band that I never associated with because I just thought it was all garbage and everyone <laughs> loved it. And it just didn't make sense to me why anyone liked it. And so that's just, I wanted to throw brand new the lyrics, man. I guess if you want to say that. That's the only reason the music's ass, but the guy's like popping off in the lyrics. Yeah. Like he, he's like just saying things that you wouldn't even fucking think of to say. He's just like, I saw some cats fighting in the alleyway. It's just like what, like, dude, this guy is just like, he he's very profound in his lyrics. Like that guy, his lyrics actually do hold up, but the did, music did, is very bad. Did he actually sing the, those words, "cats fighting in an alleyway"? <laughs> yeah, like, is that a direct no, it's line? Like, it's like <laughs> cat. I watched the cats like scratch. It's the red cat slash song. You know what I'm talking about. Right. Oh, I actually it's think I do. Yeah, I think I do yeah. actually. And he's talking about these alley cats, like. Fighting. That's a bad example because like, that song's stupid. Nah, dude, that song. <laughs> it's a terrible like, example. That song's really fucking shitty. I don't know. Uh, every man has a Molly is fucking hilarious. He's like. That's a good song. You guys, I'm so glad you started supporting my band and buying the merch. So I can stop having rough sex with my abusive girlfriend. That's basically the lyric. And you're like, what? That's awesome. Like, I'm going to listen to it. Well, like the way he breaks the fourth wall and shit. Like, again, like there is a cleverness. His lyrics on like is a real boy and shit. Like, that's the thing is he lost the cleverness. Like, even there was a time where he like literally proclaimed and did like a press release like, I'm no longer going to swear on say anything records. And then he did a new one where he's like, now I'm going to swear on them again. And it's like, dude, who gives a shit swear? or Don't swear. Like he became very kind of, I think in his own head, like in a lot of ways, I think, I think his own success got to him like the cult following that that album got. And I don't think ever being able to really follow it up. It's like, I just don't, and some people disagree. There are people who love shit post is a real boy. And once again, I think there's good songs later on, but like he never, he never outdid what he did on is a real boy. Like that was his genius. Like that was his masterpiece. And he definitely, yeah, never it definitely it. was. That's why the album's like 30 tracks too. If like you put like all the songs that were originally intended for it, like all the deluxe songs for it, 
Like that, yeah. that album was like large. That was like a large body. And of it's work. all good though. Like it's a long record. Yeah. And you don't even realize it. Like I used to listen to that record a fuck ton in college. And I just remember I'd listen to it in between classes in the library. It'd be like fucking all of a sudden, like the whole time I'd be waiting. It's like, oh, oh God, it's time to leave already. Like the album would just fly by. Bye bye. Yeah, sure. it's a long record, though. No, it is. It's extremely long. I mean, I think it's almost 90 minutes, if I'm remembering Jesus. correctly. Too yeah. much. Well, because it is. It's like a whole second bonus disc. Yeah, that does sound – if you don't like that album already, Kyle, that has to sound terrible. <laughs> like, like, yeah, there's a whole second disc. But um, moving on, I mean – If I wanted I mean, music that lasted that long, it would be – I would listen to that three-album deal that uh, early November did. Oh, hell yeah. The Mother Mechanic Room's in the Room's Too Cold's the best. <laughs> fuck yeah. I ain't talking. I, I like early November. I can fuck with that shit. Hell yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, we're already fucking two and a half hours in here. So I would say we'll do just a few more each. So, or, uh, Zach, what would you say, oh, dude? I was going to say, or do you want to rapid fire through, like, just our randoms and just see what happens? You know what? Really That's it. You know we what? We should do that. that That's you, a good guys, idea. you guys want to do that instead? We'll just kind of throw yeah. them out there. Zach, you can fucking kick it off, dude. Throw them out. We'll throw shit at you and throw shit at us and we'll throw shit at you. Maroon 5's <laughs> first album is amazing. I don't totally huh. disagree. It's not, I wouldn't use the word amazing. But I would say most, like, all their other records are dog shit, and that one's not dog shit. No, dude. It's, like, within my top, like, it's, like, comparable to, like, the top albums, like, I listen to. I wouldn't, I'm not going to compare them to the Beatles, because that'd be super fucked up. But, like, I listen to Abbey Road all the way through. I listen to NMSA all the way through. I listen to Songs About Jane all the way through. I listen to Take Off, Your Pants and Jack all the way through. You know what I mean? So, like... Songs about Jane. Yeah. I mean, an amazing I, album. Like I said, the best the best you're gonna get out of me is that it's not a bad album. I won't say it's amazing, but I will say it like including compared to their later shit, like wh- and I guess if you're comparing it to later shit, it is amazing. But I mean, dog shit is amazing to fucking moves like Jagger and any of the other <laughs> uh, later stuff. Kara's Flowers had fucking a couple good songs. I mean, like nah. they weren't terrible. But they were nah, not very good. They, they're not good. They're like barbershop quartet. That shit was weird. Uh, Kyle, songs about I, Jane. Kyle, I, I assume you agree with me. You can't be a Maroon 5 fan. I know of their hits. And you, do you think they're and, shitty? Uh, I'm bullying you about, into saying they're, they're shitty. They're all about fucking chicks, man. That's all I ever hear like from their singles. It's like They are a very horny band. They are an extremely (laughs) horny band. You are right about that. They are. Dude, in that first album, is like super horny because he's like singing about an ex-girlfriend that like left him, but he's like obsessed with, but he still like is lusting after. Like it's a, there's very lustful lyrics on that first album in particular, you know, Um, but it's a good album. Okay, um, before I don't want to be your friend anymore, how about another one? Uh, Kids in the Street is the best All-American Rejects album. Oh, I totally disagree with that. It's Here's what I'll say, though. It's, it's the best the most sound for them. Interesting. I think it's their most interesting where they took chances 
And I think if you look at it from a perspective of that, I can respect that and go, oh, they took chances and did different shit. And I don't think it was terrible, but I don't think it was their best. Like, if I want to listen to an All-American Rejects record, that's not the one I'm going to listen to. If I'm being honest, their best shit, um, uh, referring to the All-American Rejects, the All-American Rejects' best material is the stuff that they're piecing out in singles like these days. Oh, like, I totally disagree. I've not liked any of the shit they've put out the last year or so. I've not liked one song. I it's the best. I, <laughs> I, I feel like if it's po- and the, you know what though, but this is the thing is I'm not even going to totally discredit it. If it's I don't really like just straight up pop music. As far as just writing pop music, they they are good at it. Those are good just I love straight pop up pop music. That's the thing. If you just want straight up pop songs, they're not bad, but I don't like just straight up. I don't like listening to that. So it's not my thing. And that's not what I want out of them. Now, see, here's the other thing though. I, they're my favorite things. Their first record and it's very poppy, but it's poppy in a different way. It's not current day top 40 pop. It's just a pop record in general. It has hooks. It's very melodic, you know, you know, you know, like time is standing still. That weird, like drum intro. That's like, duh, 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 yeah, duh, duh. yeah, yeah, yeah. That is very similar to this. Like, they have a new song that, mind you, the lyrics are kind of cringe, but it's cringe in a way. They wrote it for a Blink One Eight Two tour, which is the song DGAF. Don't give a fuck. But uh, yep. that song is like. It sounds like it. It sounds like gives you hell. It sounds like the first album, but like with weirder, cringy lyrics. It's they're supposed to be like, uh, you know, uh, they're they're trying to be making fun of something, but I don't think anyone realizes that they're making fun (laughs) of something. So they think that they're singing about themselves, which they're not. They're trying to be ironic, but I don't think anyone gets the irony. Well, people don't um, realize that there is a talent in like what Blink does. Like you can't like a lot of people who try to do that fail miserably, and it's just stupid like, uh, like and unfunny funny songs. Yeah, yeah, like, like it just the comes off were stupid. We're trying to be funny with that song. Yeah, they like, can't that was, like, pull they that wrote off. That for the, yeah, but neither can anyone else. Have you heard of Data Remember? Try to be funny. It's fucking awful. You know what it makes me think of? There's a or all time tour. low. All time low is fucking stupid i have a i actually have (laughs) they're on my list but um one like this there's a there's like for the warp tour 15th anniversary from like 2010 there was this performance and they did the decadence all-stars and it was like uh brendan yuri brendan yuri yeah yeah that and they did damn it and like brendan yuri a couple times tries to alter the lyrics and make them funny and they're just not it's so cheesy and painfully well, unfunny. Not funny at all. That's what He's I'm saying. The cheesiest you can't. In the world. But this is what I'm trying to say is, I'm is is that you is that Blink? Yes, they're funny and juvenile, but they're good at it. They're, it's not that they just say penis, fart, dick. There's more to it. And when people don't realize that and they try doing it, it's like, oh my god, like this is terrible. Because they're quick-witted. People don't realize yeah, they're, oh, they're very quick-witted. quick-witted. And you can't just be like, ha, you tooted or something and like think it's like genius. Well, to take you it have back to, be to quick-witted. To take it back to Brandon Yuri for a second, too, 
I saw Blink and Panic at the Disco on the 2009 reunion tour, and Brendan Urie said everything verbatim in between songs every time. Every single time he said the same exact things in between songs every time I saw them. Whereas Blink, it's a different, every night was different dick jokes. It was something different every time. One, I think one of them, Tom was talking about fucking Oprah. Another one, he's yeah, like talking about dude. the movie Seabiscuit. Like the, it was different every time. Like they're quick witted off the cuff. Whereas Brendan Urie scripted what the fuck he said in between every single song. I don't mean to crush um, your dreams, Anthony, but I also went to the 2009 tour and me and my dad to this day, because he took me when I was like a little kid, me and my dad to this day, our favorite quote is, I'm going to go down on Oprah. So like he might have recycled Oh, he might have, yeah. Lives. Well, no, I think he talked about fucking Oprah a couple times, but I mean, I'm just saying it was but, like, different. It was like... But it was hilarious when you first heard it. You were like, oh, my God, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, like yeah. 13, no, fuck yeah. I was like 13, and I was like, dude, me and my dad still talk about it. When we talk, when we think <laughs> about that concert, that's like one of the things we say. I'm going to go down on Oprah. Oh, hell yeah, like, dude. It's Yeah, dude. Like, it's a, they're cool. They're good at being funny. It, they are. It's hard, actually, to be funny. Like as like a person in general, like you always don't want to just be like a, a sad, morose person. You want to have humor in your life. It's it's difficult to get a laugh out of someone, like or it, you know, it, it's it really takes a talent to get genuine like laughs from people. Yeah, no, you're right. It is. It is. It's a talent. It's definitely a talent in it. But yeah. And yeah, uh, let me see. Uh, I'm gonna say uh, one more. Yeah, go ahead. Shoot off. Uh, Boxcar Racer is better than plus forty four. And then lastly, Park. There's this band called Park, and they were from my hometown. Uh, they did not like take off as much as they should have, but they toured with like the Starting Line and Yellow Card and like this album that they released in 2003 called It Won't Snow Where You're Going. I feel like is one of the most critically underrated albums of 2003. Like, I think that like that band from my hometown, like should have like, cause they recorded that album in like Los Angeles. Like they were like on TRL and stuff. They actually are on that like Pacific coast album where it's all the tribute to blink One Eight Two. They do the obvious song. Oh yeah. Uh, I, yeah, know, yeah guys... I know that. I know that album. Yeah, and it's, like, white, and it has, like, the take-off-your-pants-and-jacket-like picture of Blink-22, like, that. Anyways, uh, that band is critically underrated, and they should have took off, but they didn't. I feel like they did to an extent, but, like, not like All Time Low did. All Time Low was also on that album. No, that doesn't seem too uh, unpopular of opinion. I mean, I've heard a couple Park songs that you've sent me, and, I mean, they're not bad. I I, I think they should have been... Uh, bigger than they were um, but but then at the same time it's hard for me to say best band of that era because then I would think of a band like Knockout and I would say a band like Knockout should have been bigger than they were you know like shit like that so it's like I don't know I mean I kind of agree with you the boxcar racer okay, thing was, uh, I don't know I fairly agree I guess I have to think about it but you may not be wrong about boxcar racer being better than plus 44 I would have to think about it 
but I don't, I'm not going to disagree with you because you may actually be right. What do you think about that, Kyle? I'd like to know what you think on that one. Well, I'll say this. He's totally right. But also what we kind of discussed, I don't know if this is in the part two side B of boxcar or not that we talked about, but commercially we were talking about it that plus 44 technically sold and like distributed a lot better than boxcar did that's right yeah you're right which is so weird maybe it's the time in which those bands came out and just the how things happened with blink around those around that time like those times but yeah um zach yeah we talked about it for a second uh, plus 44 actually sold better than Boxcar did at their given times. Yeah, but Boxcar was like a rush project. They came in between, oh, like, yeah. after Take Off Your Pants and Jacket came out, then, yeah. like, it was just, like, really rushed. All in- Oh, no, definitely. But still, surprisingly, like, Boxcar has way of a more cult uh, following than plus 44 does. Like, I hear, like, way more people talk about boxcar than plus 44 and they came out years apart and yeah even uh even on spotify even it's like you know it's not again it's not totally accurate as far as like date wise for the bands but plus 44 has more monthly listeners by like i think it was like fifteen thousand. yeah that's quite a bit yeah it was uh let's see here i have the most literally Right next to me. You got the stats, bro. You got the facts. Yeah. Um, when your heart stops beating, like just uh, oh, okay. Sorry, no. The, the record uh, plus forty four has four hundred and fifteen thousand listeners monthly. Boxcar has three hundred and seventy four monthly listeners. Huh. Interesting. And when your heart stops beating, has uh, like pretty much like 15 million more listens than I feel so and 10 million more listens than there is. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is, that is interesting. Yeah. I guess I've always just like leaned towards Tom songs, obviously, but you guys know that my last night before I'm just going to shut up forever. I I forgot. (laughs) I looked over this one and I, this was honestly the most important one that I should have said pop punk fans are like pretty awful no i 100% agree with that i 100% agree with that like they're have you ever seen them at shows they're violent they try to hurt like people and kids like they're disrespectful and they're like creepy in the way as we've seen like some of our heroes come out (laughs) not and like they're fucked up people and like even people at shows, I know I've heard like so many people come out and stories like I got raped at warp tour or something. It's just like what like that should not be happening. Oh you yeah, know? definitely not uh, the best ethics in uh, the scene a but, lot of times. But no. like that's just with anything too. Like rap is obviously really bad too. And like rock has always had like really bad ethics, but it's just like there's just like this just like a stereotype pop punk person but it's just like the just like the shitty dude that like goes to the shows and is just shitty and like hates on kids and like when there's moshing like goes out of their way to like 
bump kids on the head on purpose. Like, that's fucked, dude. Or, like, grabbing that girl's, like, boobs and shit. That's fucked. There's another side of it, though, that, that I don't like, that I didn't like at, like, a young age, but, like... I, I think you see it more when something gets big. And this is where I started dropping off with like new pop punk bands. Like we were talking about like when I got really into like man overboard and the wonder years and shit, I think like around 2014, 2015, I started dropping off. Cause like you'd go to shows and I remember going to like the pure noise tour and it's like, you get this idea where it's like, they talk about how the scene is so open and it's for everybody and you know, yeah. it's, it's inclusive and stuff. And then you get there and it's you get this idea where everyone's judging everyone. And if you're not wearing the cool band shirt and like the cool fucking snapback or like whatever merch piece it is, like, fuck you, like very like elitist and like very much like opposite of what they pretend they are. Like it's not a very welcoming. Yeah, not not and you would go to those shows and like there's certain bands where like you go make friends. Like I've went and seen Tommy Stinson from the replacements and I've left shows making literally like four like legit friends, like who you actually go hang out and do things with. Like there's certain artists and genres where you can make friends going to shows and like Dude. pop punk at one uh, point you'd go to their shows, you fucking make friends. Like people were fucking assholes. Like they're just fucking judgmental fucks like it's not a place to go meet new people at all dude no i totally agree those all those kids at those shows they would just like eye you down and try to like hurt yeah. you in the mosh pit that but too, i'll tell you this violent. dude very violent but i'll tell you this i went and saw i know you probably don't like him as much but uh rustin kelly he's branding himself as dirty emo it's kind of more of an alternative approach on country music anyways I went to one of his concerts last year and I was like standing up in the front by like this, like older couple it was a pretty packed, like small room. And anyways, they got one of his guitar picks and they wanted to give it to me. They oh, were like sick. here, they were like here. And I was like, what? They're like, you're having such a good time. Like we just wanted to give this to you. And I was like, what? <laughs> I, I was like, okay. That's like, dope. I, and I still have it. Like, but it was just like, it was just really nice and genuine. And like, I never really felt that at a story so far. So and I went to like yeah. five of their shows. Between oh, like, you yeah, those crowds I, are fucking, yeah, those crowds were fucking But assholes. they're insane though. But they're insane. But they're violent and assholes. But like those crowds... If you watch those videos of like, I guess like the early shows up until like when they ever started using the barricade uh, for the fans, but I I caught like their shows right before they started doing the barricade, and uh, where it was just like the stage and the fans, and like those shows were crazy because kids, I feel like kids just went to those shows to jump on people and hurt people. All it was like, no, I just did. wanted to stand they there did. and hear it the got music. Old. It got fucking. It old. got old, dude. They it. It was just like not. That's what I mean. It got it, to a point where those shows weren't fun anymore because you would go, and for every and that's band, why they got the barricade though. So now it's not like. But that. like every band it's would be like that. Music. You'd go see Man Overboard, and it would be a very poppy song about like girl, like a girl, and people are like fucking head walking and shit. Like 
relax. Dude, I hate that. Like, chill I the fuck that. out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That that just proves my point. Pop punk fans are awful. Yeah. Uh, like in general, like let's just like as pop punk fans, all three of us, like let's just try to. But also, anyone like, who attaches that them, normally, someone who attaches themselves to a genre specific like that is like if you're someone who was like a like well, pop like, punk and pizza and like this is that, but it's like that's your identity and that's all you are. It's like you're a, probably a fucking asshole. Yeah, but like it's different. I mean, I I love genres. I like not to think about genres because I think better music spawns from not thinking about genres. But uh, that's what I'm saying. These are people who don't, who wouldn't listen to anything that isn't fucking like on Pure Noise Records. Yeah, but I like to go out of my way and like when I'm writing something or like uh, I I want I'm like thinking i want a pop punk tone so i'll get that invader sound out and like i'll get a high gain guitar amp like it's a sound and like i don't know i don't think there's anything wrong with like idolizing like a genre but like you don't have to be a fucking asshole no and the other thing is not i idolize genres i idolize fucking eras of pop punk but there's yeah. other genres that I love as well. I don't think what I'm saying is yeah. people who think pop punk was like real friends was where music started. Cause like for yeah. a minute, that's what started, which now it's old news that even at this point, that was six fucking years ago, but yeah, like did their real friends break up or something. They didn't break up, but they're like their singer left and then COVID hit. So like, I don't know what, what they're doing. I don't know what you're going to do. With singer without, left? Yeah. So I don't know what's yeah. going to happen, but. That's wild. That guy yeah, was I'm, weird. Yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. He was the best thing about that band. He sounded like Kenny Vasoli. Yeah, that's good. But I don't know. Okay, so because we are running fucking in here, let's shoot okay. over to Kyle. Fucking shoot yep. your shit on us, dude. Shoot that load. All right. All right. So this one's more like super personal when it comes to like just playing music, but like. I hear it all the time and I don't mind it, but I don't like it in mine. I hate reverb in my guitar tone. I, I agree. I, I yeah, I agree and I with that. Reverb. The only time I ever want reverb is in anything that I play clean. And I hate hearing modulation when I want a distorted tone. I um, agree with all of this. I agree with yeah, all of it. I, I have, that, I have a JCM 900. And I love the reverb yeah. on, on the clean channel, but on dirty, I fucking turn it off. I turn the reverb off. Yeah. Yeah. It I depends on everything. how much gain you're playing with, and it depends on what you're trying to do with. Roll your gain down a little bit and then add a little add a little bit of reverb to it. And it just it's just like a large, like more trebly, less gain. It's just a larger rock yeah. sound. Play some try doing that with reverb low gain and play some open chords that would actually sound good that's what people use reverb with distortion i've experimented so much with it and i like i hear it in songs that i listen to and i like but i don't like it in my personal tone everything that i've done to try to make it work doesn't sound good out of what i'm playing and I like the gear that I was using, and I wouldn't really change much at that time. It just wasn't a sound that sounded good with any anything that I do. And I would mess around with it numerous times, and eventually I was just like, you know what? Reverb isn't my thing in my dirty tone, and I'm fine with that. And ever since I figured that out, 
everything I would do with my tone, I would keep the reverb down and I would love it. <laughs> There's tons of bands where I'm like that, where like, I don't like, like if I try doing that tone for myself, I fucking hate it. Like it works for them, but I do not like it in my own. It's like, they may use it. Maybe yeah. it works for them. I always think of that with like the smashing pumpkins, like some of their early shit, like, like I love like melancholy, but I'm like, if I actually isolated the tones on there, None of that. I'd never want to sound like any of that. Like, it's not a bass tone I want. It's not a guitar tone I want. It sounds good there in the context, but I would never want to sound yeah. like that. That's how I feel yeah. about the Messenger's guitar tone. The Menzingers? I like it. You know, yeah, like, I like the half step. Yeah, I'm with you. Type. I'm with you there. It, it just sounds too not good. Like, I feel like they're trying to go for, like, a more cleaner rock sound like almost like an awesome band called if you guys don't know uh this band's called catfish and the bottlemen they are actually awesome oh, yeah, i've um, heard you talk about them before but it's just like a lighter less gamey rock arena ish sound just large songs almost like angels and airwaves kind of like large kind of choruses but like the messengers like I like their music a lot. Don't get me wrong. I really do. But like their guitar tone, like if you isolate it, it just sounds not that great. Yeah. And actually I'm surprised I don't like it more because they have really good gear. Like they have a bunch of good. I'm surprised. Yeah. Like they play, they they have really good equipment, but yeah, I don't love the tone either. It's not really something I strive for. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Like I said, like I've heard plenty of songs that like, will do it and they do it great and i love some of these songs it's just in my personal tone and the songs that i play in or like i try to write i don't don't put it in my dirty tone and that's it yeah um what else you got on here um, dude let's see one thing we like dabbled in for like a millisecond um and this uh it's like a yay and nay for you maybe anthony um because it does have to do with the radio but uh Radio music, but more importantly, pop music is still majorly important for every scene out there because right now I feel like every song on the radio, no matter what station you're listening to, it's some form of pop music, whether it's pop rock, pop country, even like, like, like dad rock bands aren't fully dad rock anymore. They have like, pop hooks and like the basic four forward stuff and that i feel like that pop element in all radio music right now is extremely important and as much as i hate this era of this particular musician machine gun kelly with his pop punk quote-unquote record is super important for the genre because it's getting young listeners that don't know the genre potentially into it and keeping the scene alive so it may not be glad you said that i guess it's a necessary evil in in some ways because like i did listen to some of it i'm like it's so fucking bad like people are like oh i'm happy pop punk's on the radio again i'm like well i would like good pop punk on the radio i don't want just pop punk in general like this sucks yeah it's pop punk but it's shitty i think he should have like wrote all the he could have played guitar on it whatever but Honestly, I know you guys probably don't like like her that much, but I think Halsey should have just sang his whole album because Travis Barker, Halsey singing, and Machine Gun Kelly like playing whatever fucking like Blink One Two ripoff chords he's playing, <laughs> that 
it sounds it sounded fine with her singing, but not him. Cause he just doesn't have the right voice for it because it's too low and he's still like talking. But like, um, I don't know. I wanted to say that earlier, and I'm really glad you said that, Kyle. Because like, uh, wait one second, also... we lost Kyle again. Let me add him back. Fuck. Hold your hold your thought, dude. Sorry. Let me, let me get <laughs> okay. Kyle back. I just realized he's gone. about that god damn dude all right I, we just all of a sudden realized you weren't there <laughs> yeah yeah no okay, you were so just talking Kyle. about yeah yeah so i was just saying like i'm really glad you said that about machine gun kelly's album being so important in the pop punk scene because like it really is no matter how much like it is kind of a shitty album like Tickets travis sparkers travis sparkers playing drums and like there is high gang guitar and like like twinkly like three like note riffs that like like basically simple plan blink way to rip off shit you know like we've heard it we've heard like the three the same three notes before but machine gun kelly's just doing it and like trying to bring it into like his like weird genre because like he has so many like different fans than like what would be into pop punk so like all these fans think he like invented this shit yeah he's doing it for a new new crowd and as much as i would like to be like an elitist being like no we don't need him blah 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 we kind of fucking do because he might be the last like birth child of pop punk that's still doing something. Oh, he's not, he's not gonna be the last one, though, dude. You know yeah. that one guy, like Tyler Posey from fucking Teen Wolf, was like a huge Ooh. pop punk advocate. <laughs> this guy from a like a lame ass TV show was like a huge advocate for pop punk and like turned a bunch of fans onto it through like his weird like boy band like TV show. I, I'm, I guess I'm just talking about like what's happening right now because I don't know when teen wolf was a thing like five years uh, ago like not that long ago okay but yeah like he's one of the few you know last remaining like you know people that are still keeping the scene alive and maybe it's gonna be for a different crowd and these kids are gonna find their own version of pop punk or whatever and it's gonna be something completely different that we grew up with but it's the same thing with every generation and every movement of music that it eventually evolves and change and you know there's old timers that don't want to call like bands like led zeppelin and the doors classic rock but hey old timer you're classic rock now we listen primarily to classic pop punk that's our thing so the new wave coming through eventually will become more and more classic and more and more ancient we'll just have to accept that yeah yeah i mean that is the way of music i mean you you are right and I, I don't know, because yeah. my thing is that, like, yeah, sure, it exposes to a new crowd, but it's like, again, at what cost? It's like, cause it's like, this isn't good. So it's like, you know, it also doesn't yeah. guarantee that they're going to, because here's the other thing. It's like, that works to a point, but it's like, not everyone who listened to Blink-182 went and listened to Bad Religion or Screeching Weasel or, like, fucking, no. you know all or the descendants or any of those other bands some people did like i did i'm sure you guys did but like not everyone who heard all the small things 
went and discovered that. So my thing with Machine Gun Kelly yeah. is to a degree it's good for the genre, but just because that's selling well doesn't mean that all of a sudden, you know, like Newfound Glory is going to start playing arenas or like, you know, pop oh, punk no, no, bands no, no, are no, going to no. get too big. No, I'm just talking about like the new generation that's coming after this, you know, keep, keeping the ideal of like the word pop punk around. If oh, okay. it's happening through this guy, sure. Like, do I want him as this generation's representative? No, but it is what it is. And Dude, I think he's late to the game. Like, do you know who well, was repping like pop punk before he even died? Was that Juice World kid? Like, he he said that like the All American Rejects was like his like inspiration for like his like shitty like rap album that like, and you know like that guy's like that kid has passed away now. But you, oh. I think we, <laughs> I think we all know one shitty little dude with a trash stash in our town <laughs> that is obsessed with juice world. I think we all do. Yeah. I don't know who that is. I don't, I I've heard the name, but I do get what you're That's saying. I I you, do, you know, I, the guy, you know, the kids that like, yeah, I know enough to too. know what you're talking about. I'm like, yeah, I agree with you. Like there's um, definitely a look to that like, where you, you see someone and go like, yeah, you do listen to that. Like that is your shit. Yeah, but like, so he was a heavy advocate for pop punk before Machine Gun Kelly ever was. So like, and I know he played Warp Tour. Yeah, he played Warp Tour and like whatever, but he was never straight out like, I yeah, I I don't know, man. Fuck. Well, I I heard in interviews that he was a fan. Like he talked like years ago about listening to like punk rock and pop punk and emo bands because of the areas from like in like Ohio and shit. So like he knew the scene. Um, okay. Can just, I also say something else? If that dude's from Ohio, why the fuck does he sound English? Because why does Billy Joe sound like he's from <laughs> Why does Billy Tim Joe Armstrong always mean. sound like he's having a stroke? <laughs> yeah. Um, that's okay. that's funny. Yeah. Um, uh, here's another one that's kind of like probably one of this is this is what I called my one A and one B with pointless vinyl. This is like my one B as far as like the worst of the worst. Uh-huh. Um, if if you're wearing band merch from a band you don't listen to, I'm totally cool with that. I, it irks yeah. me. I know. I know it's not <laughs> supposed to, but it does irk me. I will be honest. Yeah. You bought yeah, the, the fucking shirt. Why. You put your money into the economy. Fine. Yeah. You bought. You. Yeah, dude. Do whatever the fuck you want. Wear whatever the fuck you want. I think like there's that line. The blink when you do something, piss them off with what you wear or something. Yeah, dude. Whatever. Like, I don't. Yeah, I don't get mad about what other people wear. To be honest, I don't know. It irks yeah, me dude. in a weird way. And once again, I know you're not supposed to, but it just. But I'm the same way. I would never buy something. I fucking remember years ago for Christmas, like my uncle bought me like a Pink Floyd shirt and I returned it because I'm like, I don't fucking know. I can name three Pink Floyd songs. Like, I don't really know this band. Why would I fucking wear a shirt from a band? So like, that's the other thing. I don't get it because I wouldn't do it myself. You know what I mean? Like, I don't get why the fuck someone would wear a Misfits shirt who's never heard the Misfits because I would never wear a fucking like like Wu-Tang Clan shirt without knowing a Wu-Tang Clan song. You know what I mean? Like it just yeah, makes absolutely. zero sense to me in that, in that way. Yeah. 
and, and it doesn't make a lot of sense, but like the way I see it and, and the perfect example is like misfits. Like I saw hundreds of people wearing misfits shirt that never knew what they were wearing, which they is the weirdest the thing to me. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in my head, what I see that as is, um, a band has transcended their music to the point where they can be recognized as a, a visual icon before even being known about their music. And that is something that's really cool. From a marketing um, standpoint, it's amazing. Opinion. I mean, really, like, so like, like when it comes down to it, like the people, it's only fans who get pissed off at that. The misfits love that people just buy that shirt. They don't give a shit if you know who they are. Like they're making the money either way. Like they don't give two fucks if you know who they are. There, it's it, from a marketing standpoint, it's fucking great. Yeah, yeah like like the Nirvana smiley. Yeah, like shit like yeah, that. That's it, another it, one. Like people who never listen to them. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's those, those shirts you can buy at Walmart or Target, and yeah, it's like a Nirvana smiley face, and or it just says Nirvana across the chest with the kid in the pool, like. It's it's the the band itself has gotten to a, like a point in their career where yeah they can just be marketed as an image which again that's kind of dumb for some people but it's whatever. I used to get more offended when kids would be wearing like Thrasher magazine like skateboard shirts. Oh, they still and, like, do. You even skateboard? Yeah, no, no Thrasher is cool, bro. And like, I have Thrasher I, shirts. No hate on me. <laughs> no, skate, no, I like skateboarding I, though. I, well, you know? I've seen you no, on a like, skateboard. Yeah, but I, I like skateboarding. Well, then he's not yeah, talking about you. Happen. Don't get defensive. He ain't talking about yeah. you. Thrasher right? magazine is my life. Yeah, don't get fucking defensive. He's not talking <laughs> about you. Yeah, no. Damn. Like, I'm just saying, like, I used to get pissed off at shit like that because I was a skateboarder and, like, you know, you're wearing a skateboard shirt and you don't skate, bro. Like, I felt like I was, like, an elitist asshole trying to, like, gatekeep the scene. And it was just, you know, it's just a thing that got popular or whatever. Like, uh, I wore a hoodie once, um, because a friend left this in my car and I was like, Oh, I need a hoodie. I'm cold. Oh, I'll wear this hoodie. It was this crazy metal band. I think they were like a French, French Canadian band. I think they were called like despised icon, something really fucking crazy and heavy. I had no, no idea who they wore, but I wore the hoodie and it just looked cool. And I was like, whatever, like no big fucking deal. No one came to me being like, Hey, name me two despised <laughs> icon songs. You know, I would never go to someone at like, uh, you know, at like a Target who's wearing a blank shirt being like, hey, what's your favorite Blink-182 song? I'll just see that shirt and be like, hey, cool shirt, man. And that's the extent of the conversation. I won't go past that. Now, if they if I say like, hey, cool shirt, man, and they go, yeah, did you see them somewhere? I'm like, then we can have a conversation. But I'm not trying to test you if you're wearing, you know a descendant shirt and I'm like, Hey, so do you know who Milo is? You know, I'm not going to test them. I'm just gonna be like, Hey man, cool shirt. Well, That's let, it. well, let me add too. even though I said earlier, like it irks me. I've never in my life went like that. I don't understand. I would never go up to someone like, yes, it would annoy me, but I've never went up to someone and go like name three fucking songs. Like, yeah, I can never imagine doing that. Like that's you. you that's just being an asshole. Like, I don't, Dude, like, I don't, that's why I don't know if there's anything wrong with being annoyed with people wearing, like, a Ramon shirt who's never heard the Ramones. It's bad if you go up and start annoying them and asking them fucking trivia questions. 
that's where it gets fucking to where you're an asshole. That's where it's shitty. Yeah. If you act upon things like that. Looking yeah. at it from the other side, though. So, like, take this, like, 50-year-old woman that knows nothing about punk rock. And I have the Bad Religion, like, Crossbusters shirt. And they just think I'm, like, a Satanist. Yeah, because they're like, oh, my before. God. They're like, oh, my God. Do you hate Jesus? Like, or, like, they literally, I, I've gotten, like, even comments, like, a cross with, like, it crossed out. Like, what is that? And I'm like, it's a literal band, and they're awesome. You should check it out. Well, I used but to like, walk around in in a bad religion hoodie and a handgun shirt, and I never thought about it. And and then after a while, it's like, yeah, I, I look like a tryhard. Like I didn't even mean to, but it's like Jesus Christ! Like I'm walking around with a big old crossed out cross. You look like you're about to shoot up a mall. Basically, yes, yes. Basically, <laughs> it's like school shooter apparel, and I didn't even mean to. It's like <laughs> just big old, just says handgun. Because you forget too. No one knows who the fuck handguns is. Like no exactly. one knows these are bands. Like like a handful yeah. of people know what that is. Everyone else is like like is this guy going to shoot up the school? Like yeah, <laughs> like totally. Like just really it's like I look back and go like, "Oh my god." <laughs> Dude, I still have a bad religion t-shirt that I wear on the regular though. No, oh, no, I still I still wear bad religion shirts, but I don't wear them with Fucking also though now I also don't do that. Like you cannot wear like a band shirt, a band hoodie, and then like a band hat or like even like shorts with band shit. You can't <laughs> do that. Fan. Yeah, you need to wear because I used to do that. I'll I will admit, I, I'm sure there are a few times where yeah, I like fucking shorts shorts with a band logo, a t shirt with a band logo, and like a hat with a band logo. It's like no more. You can't do that. That's too much. Yeah. It used to get to the point at these local shows that I would go to where like say like for example like one of my favorite bands, um uh City Lights or Carousel Kings, like they'd play a show and then you wear one of their shirts to the show and people like make fun of you for wearing a shirt to a band that you're seeing. Like whether they're a small local band or like a tour. Well, that's fucking like a, dumb. Like who cares? I thought it was the stupidest thing. Like, does it really matter? Yeah, that's um, just dumb. Yeah, so I just want to quickly get my last two out. Um, cool. Yeah, and one, I don't think you guys might have much of an opinion on, except for like a yes or a no. Um, the the song The Kill by 30 Seconds to Mars and Mr. Brightside from The Killers have nothing to do with the emo culture by any means, besides that their vocalists wear eyeliner. I don't know. They're both pretty – I would say – you know, though, the killers I never think of. Sometimes people lump them in there. I don't ever think of them as an emo band. They just are like an alternative Yeah, never. They're band. indie. Yeah, they're, they're like indie an indie band. rock band. But they, get played, they get played at all the fucking emo night. Yeah, I like, don't understand that. Like bar band night. And like bands in the scene cover that song constantly. But you know what, though? Can I say there's a band like that for every decade because you know who else is like that third eye blind they're not a pop punk band but pop punk bands cover them they get played at like pop punk night and emo night like there's this weird crossover where like emo kids and shit love that first third eye blind record it's, it's just my this favorite weird... album it's oh it's a great i love favorite i love that record but what i'm saying is it's it it gets this weird 
attachment to a scene that it's not really a part of, if you know what I mean. Like, like yeah. it's loved in a different corner. It, they adopted it. It's yeah, adopted. yes, yeah. Exa- that's a great – there you are. You do it every time. You get – you say it more gracefully than I can. <laughs> yeah, and then the last the last one I have isn't really controversial in my opinion. I think it's just a matter of time, and I think it might be something we all agree on. Weird Al Yankovic needs to be in the goddamn Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, totally. No, he, I mean, you know, I, I don't really listen to him anymore, to be honest, but there was years of my life, not even a year, there were years of my life where that man was my favorite artist. I mean, I am yeah. still like probably one of my most listened to artists from how much I was listening to him in, in my younger years. Like, and he is a genius. I mean, just cause I don't really listen to him anymore. He's still funny and still a very, you know, deserves all the accolades and credits. So no, I, I agree with you yeah. 100%. I feel like when he should win an, oh my bad. Uh, I feel like weird Al should win an award. For like what comedians win awards for, but like I don't think they, he should win an award for his music. They, they like I think he's funny. Oh, you don't. Like, but you don't. You don't look at it as credible or as legit. Like as a as a from a musical standpoint. No, but he's funny. I think he should win an award for like he should win a Nobel Peace Prize, whatever, whatever <laughs> the he wants to win. <laughs> But, like, he shouldn't be accredited for the music because I don't think the music – because it's not his. Yeah, for but one. also these are – all these songs are approved by the artists, and Michael Jackson has been even stated to say that Weird Al is one of his favorite artists. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, he, but he, do you, do always... you just, like, go and, like, I need to go listen to Eat It, or do you go, I'm going to go listen to Beat It? You probably go listen to beat it, not eat it. Well, see, that's my thing is like Weird Al, even though I still appreciate him, I don't actively listen to him like I did when I was like 12 or 13. Like when I was like 11 or 12, I fucking loved it and listened to it constantly. And he's funny. And he is. He's, funny, he, he's very it, funny. He should be awarded for that, but not for his music. I can't, I don't know. I, I think he should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, though. What he's saying, I agree with. I, I don't. I don't think that he should get a Grammy for songwriter of the year. Um, but I do think like rock and roll hall of fame, I would definitely agree with that. I think he should, yeah. he should be acknowledged in the degree of that. Yeah. Igno- he should be acknowledged, but like, I don't know. Just like the music. He's totally funny and should be awarded for being funny. We but... get it. You hate weird Al. We get it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's get, we are, we fucking don't know how to do a short podcast. We're already (laughs) three and a half hours in. So I'm going to fucking shit through mine real quick. Uh, Let me see. Let me get back here and see what we never hit. What do I have? Um, John Feldman is only a good producer for new bands. I think he's an amazing producer if you're a new band. But uh, not just Blink, but just about any other band he's worked with who is an older band who already had an established sound, he's not good. He he fucks them up, tries to rehash what made them popular before. Um, good producer if you're new. He helps you find your sound. But if you already have a sound, stay the fuck away from him. Any, anything on that? Uh, I, will, I, I want to say he fucks them up. I want to say he fucks them up, but yeah, he kind of – he takes basically best ofs and then just tries to recreate it. But I don't think he's bad for the scene and like bad for that. But yeah, for older bands. And if you want to sound 
you know, if you want to stay true to a sound that you like, don't go to him. And most of the time, he produces newer bands. If you look, most yeah. of the time, and oh, yeah. most of the shit he's known for is newer bands. But you need to be yeah, with him. Yeah, there's a band locally that I think he helps. Like, album one or two is when you need to get in with him. Not not album four or five. That's not when you start working with John Feldman. Zach, what were you going to say? I will say that it's funny that you said that because, like, I can't remember which band. I'll have to get back to you. Like, look at everything that John Feldman's ever produced or mixed. But it was a band that had been out for a while. And it was, like, one of their, like, middle albums in their catalog. And, like, I was, like, looking at the credits because, like, sometimes I do that with albums I really like. And I was, like, John Feldman mixed this or something. (laughs) Like, I was, like, really? Like, I was, like, I like this album, though. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Shit. Like it didn't. So I'm gonna have to figure out which album that is. Yeah. Um, because I think that like that might this album that I'm trying to think of might be that one album to like break that claim. Fuck. Oh uh, yeah, I know. I'm gonna I'm gonna figure this out yeah, like, right I, when we get off the phone. I'm gonna get on Wikipedia. Yeah, you have to you have to so, fucking yeah. let us know what that is. I'm interested. Um, yeah, I I will. So another one I have, and uh, uh, Kyle I know agrees with this because this was one opinion that we both talked about right away when we were thinking about doing this episode. I hate Death Cab for Cutie. I do not like Death Cab for Cutie in any way, shape, or form. But the Postal Service is fucking great. Uh, That one record, Give Up, really, really good record. Um, Besides that, not a fan at all. And uh, another one that is connected like that I hate the band Wilco, but the band Uncle Tupelo, which is once again a, a side project by the front man of the band. Um, I Wilco is like such a big like indie rock alt country band and uh, just, you know, huge cult status, you know, a Chicago band. I can't stand them, but uh, that side project there is pretty good. And uh, yeah, same with Death Cab for Cutie. I can't stand that band, but the Postal Service, I mean... Probably because it's just less pretentious. Like, I listen to Death Cab for Cutie, and it's this pretentious indie rock, and I just feel like with the Postal Service, it's just kind of a fun record. The Postal Service, that band that opens that song, and it kind of has, like, that synth kind of, like, weird... Yeah, going back and forth, like that... Like, it just... Those real short staccato, like, yeah... Yeah, that's yeah, the, yeah, okay. That's yeah, such that great heights. Not bad. Yeah, it's very. It doesn't sound like Death Cab for Cutie. It's just really fun, oh, kind of techno that, pop. Yeah, Death Cab for Cutie. I can honestly say that. Follow me into the dark, like whatever. Like that song's super, like playing into like feeling like. I don't like to listen to a lot of sad boy shit because it's like, why would you <laughs> want to listen to music to make you feel like? sorry for yourself i don't know i'm guilty of that i find myself doing that though sometimes i'll even sometimes look at playlists for the radio show and go god damn like this is some of these songs are really depressing fuck i don't know i try to listen to like shit that lifts you up like i don't want to listen to shit that brings me down well that's what you should do Uh, yeah but uh i don't know i've never gotten into death cap for cutie because just their whole like aesthetic of oh i'm feel sorry (laughs) no it's cheesy shit i i don't that just that aesthetic makes me not want to listen to them and i haven't because of that 
Kyle, I mean, what do you, do you have anything to add for like, I mean, your reasoning, right? Because you don't really like Death Cab for Cutie at all. Yeah, no, it's literally kind of the all the exact same things you guys just said. Like, like I'm like uh, this. I don't know. It seems like all Death Cab for Cutie songs just have a that an aesthetic to it. But like, I can listen to like a song to make me like, or a record to make me want to feel sad or like upset. And yeah, that's not the best thing to do, like for someone's like mental health by any means. But sometimes, like you just need to like feel like you're on the same level as someone. And like I said, with the Boxcar Racer um, one, that's an album I can listen to no matter what my mood is, and I, it, that record can match my mood. I can be happy, listen to it; sad, listen to it, no matter what. Yeah. And with that cat for cutie, it just there's I don't feel anything besides down <laughs> yeah it's and, all sad and where we're death cat or, or with uh with postal service there's more it's yeah i mean all in all like it's a pretty downer record but the, just the music and the electronics to it just sounds so cool yeah that, like i can't always just be down listening to it because there's certain things that are just so dynamic and different from death cab that it, it, it puts a smile on my face no i i totally agree with that and it is it's a it's a really good album, and uh, I mean, it kind of also goes with when we were doing Boxcar Racer. It's like a band who just kind of did a one and done. It's like here's our album, and that's exactly. it, you know, which is all mm-hmm. they really needed. But going on, uh, all time low has aged very poorly and is kind of cringy now. And here's the thing: the first time I heard all, I did not like all time low for years, and then around Dirty Work, um, I kind of turned around and became a fan. Uh, for probably like, I don't know, maybe even a good five or six years. And then all of a sudden just went back to my original thought. And I'm like, this band sucks. And I just, I don't, I feel like people who still defend them, it's more from nostalgia's sake. Like, I don't think that most that even the old stuff, like, and I'm talking about the old stuff. like, I don't think it aged that well. Like even, even in when I'm on the mood in the mood for old pop punk, I can't listen to all time low anymore. It's just not good. I mean, yeah. w- how do you guys feel? Um, uh, I can listen to it. I can listen to old all time low, but I got to be in a very specific mood for it. And yeah, same thing. Like when they first came out, like I was so anti all time low just because like I, it was like what everyone thought. Oh, they're a, a corny blink ripoff band. Blah. But like, I kind of turned around on them more because of the fact that like once I started listening to them and hearing all their songs, I'm like, okay, they're not just like these corny young kids. Like they actually have some good tunes and how I see all time, how I saw all time low back then is I feel like how I'm looking at machine gun Kelly right now. Cause when all time low came out, I was like, this is garbage. This is going to destroy the scene blah 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 but they were kind of like the the beginning of like that the new era when i thought the scene was pretty much over and done with and they helped kind of revive a younger generation and out of that some other bands came out and i ended up finding other bands through getting introduced to all-time low like you know man overboard uh, the story so far, even neck deep, you know, bands along that era, like all time low allowed me to get introduced to that stuff because they were young, new and fresh at that time. 
I kind um, of now, agree, I don't, but like I feel like yeah. going back to our episode where we t- talk shit about Neon, like I feel like they did a thing for pop punk, but I don't know that it was a thing that I liked because it kind of, I feel no. like they were ones who kind of brought it into that more neon era that yeah, really definitely. did not age well at all. No, no, not at all. I'm just saying that because of them, it allowed me to find other bands that were considered new. Oh, okay. If I never considered listening to all time low and I just stopped everything that I would have like liked musically would have just stopped at like basically like 2008 and 2009. Oh, like, okay. I yeah, I see what you're saying. And never care to check anything out after that. So they at least helped me continue to listen to music that was new for a couple more years. That makes sense. And actually, here, yeah. before we move on, I think we lost Zach. So let me. No, I'm right here. Oh, wait. Why did <laughs> my phone? Sorry, dude. My phone doesn't have your name on it anymore. That's weird. Oh, well, so I was going to say, so wrong, it's right is actually a great pop punk album shameless and i I don't know uh if it's because i associate it with the time in my life but like it's almost just so poppy that like if you do listen to it in like a downer time it it does this weird thing where like i don't i try not to listen to downer music when like i'm down so like when you're listening even like what's the one uh nothing personal that album is even like super poppy wait can i say something too real quick i earlier said dirty work and i want to take that back i was talking about i got into them on nothing personal because dirty work is one of the shittiest albums i've ever heard in my life so i want to i want to retract that I meant to say you. I'm sorry, Zach, for interrupting you, but you said nothing personal and made me realize my error. I meant nothing personal. Dirty, dirty work is ass. dirty work is one of the shittiest things I've ever heard. But like listening to something so poppy, like nothing personal, and like like a downer time in someone's life, like it almost like offsets that feeling. It's just like you're listening. Like what? What's uh, keep the change? You filthy animal is like yeah a really good song and like just like they're all like really poppy though. Like damned if I do ya. Like that song's super poppy. Weightless, but it was a very all, poppy album. It's all poppy. Stella, Lost in Stereo, like oh god, I hate all... Lost in Stereo. That's the worst song I've never liked. Even when I liked All Time Low, that song was always cringy to me. Dude, yeah, but like, I, I don't know. I listen to albums all the way through, so I I hear it. So, but uh, I don't know, man. It's just like it, it's weird. Like they're really poppy, and like uh, there's definitely songs like they just released a song with Demi Lovato, and I will never listen to it because it God. already sounds fucking terrible. Yeah, that but, doesn't sound appealing at all. Uh, Don't Panic was like a 2012 release, and that album's actually kind of like. They tried to make that just don't listen to deluxe, the deluxe version. Don't listen to anything extended, like what they tried to do with that. And like they made it worse. If you listen to the 12 track original release of that album, I feel like that's where 
they should have went after so wrong it's right it's more or less trying to be a straight up pop punk album without weird pop band elements yeah they pulled a newfound glory they went really different like newfound glory did with coming home and when people didn't like dirty work they went back to what people liked they doubled down and went back to their original sound like oh you guys don't like that okay we'll go back and fucking do the thing you guys all like yeah but that was cool like when in 2012 when i was in high school i was like uh it, it was cool when like just a newer band just drops a pop punk album it, it was cool like machine gun kelly i guess just did that now so it's like mgk it is cool when like these bands are dropping new stuff like it's like allowing artists to keep putting pop punk out you know it's cool i want I don't, to keep living I, I don't know i i mean we're and we're almost fucking at four hours so i won't go down that fucking that yeah yeah no we have to we have to fucking wrap this up here I'll, i'm gonna give two more and we'll shut the fuck up and we'll do little plugs and uh zach like you, you can plug like kickstart and stuff but like Oh, yeah. Um, um, fucking, I don't uh, totally agree. Both of you have brought this up with Machine Gun Kelly and All Time Low and shit of how it's good for the scene. And there's always bands that do that. I mean, people were having this conversation with Green Day at one point. Fucking, 20, fucking 27 years ago, people were having this conversation if Dookie was good for the scene or not. You know, so like we're far from the first puds to have this. Yeah. And yeah, another one, good example. But like, I don't always agree with that because just because because you're also commercializing something in a way where it goes once again, it's like pop punk, even even though I don't know, it was super mainstream during neon because really in a lot of ways it failed during neon because I know I don't think it ever got as big as it was supposed to. Like even bands that did kind of became one hit wonders and it just became such a fad in the scene and very embarrassing. But like there's eras that did very well commercially, but it just naturally. But I think when it's forced like that, it's like, yeah, okay, there's a couple gold records and shit, but it's like this music's terrible. It attracts shit. Because that's the other thing. It can attract shitheads. Like, like I always say this. I love Blink-182, but Blink-182 is such a big band that just because someone else likes Blink, it doesn't mean I'm going to get along with them. There's certain bands where you'll oh. automatically get along. Like, like I love, like if I meet someone who loves the replacements, I nine times out of ten get along with them because it's more of a specific thing. We end up liking more specific bands. Blink's too spe- too is too general where there's people who like it who like just totally different shit. Like like they may love like there's they may love Blink One Eight Two and a day to remember, and I fucking hate a day to remember. So it's like, you know what I mean? Like it's just very. Like, I don't think it's always great just because something's big. I don't know that that's always the best thing for a scene. But I got to no, leave it. Like, I got to leave it at that. But go it, it, say, say your shit yeah. and I'll shut the fuck up. No. All, all I want to say is that, yeah, sometimes that's like not good. But there's so many great things that have spawned from like these bands that are like, oh, is this what's good for the scene or like blink One Eight Two is not a punk band. Why are they called a punk band? Blah, blah, blah. But then all the bands that like have helped come after them. Like there's so many bands that we probably still listen to to this day that were 
initially spawned from the popularity of Blink-182 and like bands like All Time Low, where I thought like, oh, this is killing the scene at the time. But then I realized they helped me get introduced to other bands that I thought were far better. So if Machine Gun Kelly right now is bringing it to the limelight, maybe not the best poster child, but there might be good artists that that spawn from it, from the young kids that are listening to it, being like, hey, he's doing this, let's do this, and maybe they make it better. And maybe there's a nostalgia movement, or maybe they bring some sort of hardcore element to it. Who knows? But sometimes the poster child isn't the poster child you want, but sometimes what spawns from it is so much better. Okay, you know, fair, fair enough, fair enough. I see where you're coming from. But uh, we'll... Yeah, I agree. I, I, I'll throw two more out here just real quick. My Chemical Romance, very overrated. Not, I'm not saying they're not good. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> saying they're a shitty band. But the fact that they play arenas or the fact that like this, they grew when they broke up, there's just so many other bands from that scene in that era. Like, even Thursday... Like Thursday should be playing the fucking like I think the size of those or even like Taking Back Sunday who don't get me wrong are big, but even they should probably still be playing like arenas compared to like My Chemical Romance is just nothing special. Like I don't like like the Black Parade once again not a bad album but not this like amazing important rock opera or anything like that. It's like yeah it was a good like emo pop punk record from like 2007 like just so so was afi's december underground like they're not masterpieces they're just good like records from that era you know so like i don't know that's my view on i don't know how you guys feel about them i don't hate my chemical romance but i'm just like i I don't understand this legacy they have i mean people could say the same thing about blank Oh, I course, yeah. I guess, but I would I would argue more that they had a bigger cultural impact, though. I think Blink. I, I actually don't know, man. Uh, people could I argue that. I don't know if there's think, an argument. Like, and, and don't get me wrong. I think My Chemical Romance did have a cultural impact, but for a much shorter amount of time. Because like oh, I've seen more kids in like uh, black parade shirts than I ever have Blink shirts. But that's also age because in 1999, that may not have been the case. You know what I mean? Like, I think there may have been, I think that might even be a timeline kind of thing because there was probably a time where you would see more blink shirts. Yeah. You know, but, but that would be, that's my one. And then one more that I will leave this with. And I don't know how you guys feel because I don't know that you uh, even gave a shit about his solo stuff. But Patrick Stump's solo shit, his soul punk record and the EP that he did is one is a hundred times better than anything Fall Boys done since they've gotten back together. This is kind of goes back to the plus 44 thing. I would kind in a in a perfect musical world, Fall Out Boy would still be broken up and Patrick Stump would be doing his solo shit because I don't give a shit about any of the music they're playing and I'm not going to go see them live. So I don't even give a shit if they play like, you know what I mean? Like I'm I'm not going to go see them anyway live. So I don't give a shit if they play old stuff live. So it's like, I would rather Patrick Stump do his pop shit because it was a hundred times better. Like, I mean, and I don't know, did either of you really listen to his stuff? Did you really give a shit, give a shit 
about his solo album. Like, I still think it's extremely underrated. Like, and people hated it apparently because it almost destroyed his career, and he got really sad there for a minute. But uh, like, I Dude, actually thought it was really the one fucking that good. Has this city on it. It is, and you know what? That I want it. Fucking trash. Well, okay. I was gonna say that's you not are, the best that, song. No, that is that's the not. Worst. That's the most unpopular opinion of the episode. You're defending this album? No, dude. That song is like, I was like, is that this album? No, that song is awful. That's the worst song Patrick Trump's ever You found the fucking kryptonite, dude. Okay, listen. That's not the best song. (laughs) That's not the best song on the album. Let me just say. Let me just say. It is not the best song on the record. Probably a reason why that album tanked is because that was a single. You are right. That is not a very good song. The, you know what, though? To be fair, I still like that song probably more than a lot of newer Fallout Boy songs. I think the other thing is because Patrick Stump was never a solo artist before. So when he did pop music, that's what Patrick Stump sounds like solo. Whereas Fallout Boy, they changed their sound altogether. I don't mind Patrick yeah. Stump doing pop music because that's what Patrick Stump does solo. I don't like it when Fallout Boy does pop music because that's not fucking Fallout Boy. But uh, yeah, I agree. But yeah, Kyle, this I mean, city, you, you fucking <laughs> love that song. Kyle, you don't really give a shit about Fallout Boy post like Cork Tree, right? No, like I like Fallout Boy. They broke up. I kind of forgot about them. And when he did the solo stuff, like I heard a couple tracks. Like I heard This City, and I heard a couple other things. And all in all, I liked it. I just never checked out the album. But even from not checking out the album, I can say without a shadow of a doubt that that solo album is probably a million times better than anything they've done once they got back together. Yes, it is. It really – and look at Zach, you're 100% right. I And I didn't even think of that as it was coming out of my mouth how great the record is. Not a good – again, though, his solo album tanked. Maybe that's part of the reason why. But there are some legit... Definitely that song is why. And the thing is, is the album is really basically him trying to be Michael Jackson. But it really... He has such a good vocal range and just such good pipes that it really showcases his vocals probably better than Fall Out Boy does. Because he really does just go for it. Like, there are songs that are just really soul songs. There's just straight up Michael Jackson-esque, like, synthy pop songs. Like... He just, like, things where you really, he utilizes his voice in ways that he doesn't get to do in Fallout Boy. And, like, mm-hmm. I, I would have liked to see him do that more, honestly. Like, I would have rather him go that route as a pop star than Fallout Boy just shit on their legacy and sing about Uma Thurman and whatever terrible fucking, and sample the monst- the monsters. Yeah, I, I genuinely believe, and I've told people this, that, if Fall Out Boy never got back together and Patrick Stump continued to do solo work, he would have been, become probably what Brendan Urie is right now and how big they are in pop music. That's where I see Patrick Stump where he would have been, where he would have been all over the fucking radios at this point. And basically, mm-hmm. like, basically Brendan Urie and Ed Sheeran would have been an afterthought. Here's the sad thing about that. I don't think so because... They tried their damnedest with Soul Punk because even though it wasn't a big album, he played so many radio shows and festivals. They did try to push that on radio. The problem is 
everyone knew him as Patrick Stump from Fallout Boy. So he never really oh, yeah. had a chance. I don't think there was ever like there was just such a failure on the first album and people not liking his own fan base. Like really what I'm saying is his own fan base is a reason why this could never happen. His own fan base didn't want that to happen. I don't know. See, I feel like he would have found a new fan base with like top 40 pop radio. I don't know because we knew him for so long. I think the problem is fallout boy was so big for so long it's the same thing with Tom DeLonge, though. Tom DeLonge, no matter how hard he tries with anything else, he's never going to not be Tom DeLonge of Blink-182. He'll ne- Even for Depending the space on- shit. <laughs> even for that, though, dude, like, even, like, un- unless he really uncovers something so huge that he's, like, in history books, most people are going to know him as the Blink-182 guy. Like, even, yeah, even yeah. if he wants to be a serious artist or a business, same with a businessman. How many business fucking ventures has he done? And it's like, do you think so of him crazy. as the owner of Mod Life? Is that what you Loser think of when kids. you think of, yeah, like you don't really think of that when you think of Tom DeLong. Like yeah, so like I don't, I think Patrick Stump was Patrick Stump a Fallout Boy for too long for it to ever happen, to be, to be completely honest. And I don't agree yeah. with it. I would have loved for him to be that. You know, and I'm surprised that Brendan Urie has been able to shake that really and become what he has been. And you know what? As much as I don't like it, good for him for being Here's able to do it. Though. Brendan Urie writes the songs for Panic at the Disco. Oh, that's uh, true. That's Patrick true. Only, Patrick only writes the music. Pete writes all the lyrics to all the Fall Out Boy songs. Pat or Pete's a great lyricist. You got you definitely got to give him that. Yeah. But, no. Uh, he's- to this day, even on the new stuff, the radio stuff, he writes all the lyrics. Yeah, no, I thought so. I thought he he's one where if he was gone, they'd be fucked. I don't think it would yeah. oh, it would change. It would change. The whole dynamic would change. But Just uh like Newfound Glory. Yeah, exactly. But I we gotta fucking shut this shit down. I mean okay. we're we're almost at four hours, but uh I mean Kyle, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if you have anything, but this is now our little fucking place. Uh, Zach, if you want to start, I, I actually brought up on the boxcar racer one. I, I said you just kind of re-released your EP and shit, but yeah, if you want to plug now your uh, shit, you're doing a kickstart and everything, and fucking do yeah. it here. Uh, I want to release my the new songs that I'm writing right now. I think are the best that I've ever written, and I would like ideally to get a summer release for these next year uh but i've never had my back catalog like my debut ep called subdue i started recording it in 2013 and uh released it in january of 2015 it was like a whole process and it was like a annoying struggle but it never got an official release on like a platform that people actually listen to. I think it only like lived on Bandcamp and SoundCloud for like six years. Um, so now I'm finally giving it an appropriate release. It's not, it's rough. It's definitely a punk album. It's a high school band punk album. It's rough, but there are parts that make me proud. It's a good album uh, in its own right. Um, but I'm just happy to give it an official release and it will be on Spotify on January 1st, 2021. And that's all I have. And it's on Bandcamp now, right? 
Yeah, um, but it, it'll it'll just be cool. Just wait, wait till Spotify. Look up Kickstart Subdue on January first, twenty twenty one, and that will be my album. It will actually be on like Apple Music and Title and whatever you listen to. Also, uh, YouTube Music, dude. Apparently, they said they're gonna put it on TikTok. Hopefully kids dance to my shitty music. There you go, dude. That's <laughs> fucking how you make it. That's some cool shit. Yeah. Fuck yeah. So, yeah, January 1st. Fuck yeah. Check that out. And uh, as always, at Power Chord Hour on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're on YouTube. We're on Spotify. Got playlists up there to go check out. Uh, new radio shows every Friday night, 10 Eastern to midnight on 107.9 WFA. <laughs> new podcast every Monday. And uh, I got Power Code Hour t-shirts. If you go rate and review us on iTunes, send me a screenshot. I will uh, send you a free t-shirt. We also have Power Code Hour t- uh, stickers, and those are just free. You don't even got to—you uh, don't even have to like rate and review shit. Just hit me up, powercodehour@gmail.com. I'll send you stickers. And uh, yeah, so that is it. So until next week for the Power Code Hour, I'm Anthony Merchant, and uh, thank you so much, Zach and uh, Kyle, for doing this. And uh, thanks for listening. <laughs>